0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young
1: and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys, and take off your shoes and socks and run. You.
2: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris,
0: boy detective. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey Jesse. What's up? Yeah. What's up? Have what's you, up, Jordan? Have you checked on Ken Masters? I. Wait, I'm sorry. Ken Masters from uh, Street Fighter. Uh, friend of Ryu. Um. Master of the Hadouken. Is that the yoga guy whose arms stretch out? No, that's Dalsim you're thinking of. Dalsim is fine. I have checked on him. Um, okay, thank goodness. He's doing great. Having a great summer. I haven't heard from him in so long. I'm like,
2: pick up the phone, buddy. It honestly doesn't matter where in the room it is.
0: Like, oh, and it doesn't have to be a call. It can be a text. It can be an email. Uh, you know, D- DM me. My DMs are open. What's going on with Ken? Um, so, I don't know how up on... You know what's going on in the street fighter universe you are you are how I'm up would you up say? on it i mean i Rank think
2: it. I think we just learned how up I am I'm really on top of it yeah um for everybody from Ken Masters to the yoga guy with the stretchy arms to um the lady, yeah,
0: do you wanna do two more and then I'll continue <laughs> well, there's that big green guy, yeah yeah I'm out. <laughs> i'm tapped out no no no! you've proven your point you are up on this stuff um so there's a new street and you know jesse you know this and longtime listeners know this i love the street fighter series i love uh uh, fighting games in general
2: you Um, you get your you throw the street fighter arcade console into the back of your pickup you drive it to an Illegal warehouse party. Yes, you plug it in and you have a tournament yeah, with your a, an illegal fellow. warehouse
0: party worth a Foot clanner training <laughs> and, tra- and practicing their skateboard tricks. Yes, <laughs> you know about my <laughs> my lifestyle. Uh huh. Socializing with the Foot Clan, enemy of the Ninja yeah. Turtles. Um, no, some big Street Fighter guy, and obviously, you know, some huge news came down the pipe. Street Fighter Six is coming out next year. Sometimes so the sixth game wow that's Um,
2: incredible yeah how many can i ask you a quick question how many pit fighters are there now because i'm more of a pit
0: (laughs) i think i think there is a canceled pit fighter 2 out there that you can like illegally download oh my gosh and you and you play it on your home holographic system or whatever yeah exactly um so you know six six street fighter game coming out um but the big news is that they've released some of the, like, backstories for the characters. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, these games have been going on since we were kids, obviously. So, so obviously, you know, they want these characters to kind of grow and change and kind of, you know, put them through something different every time so we can see new sides of them. <laughs> we both kind of did different ones there. Okay. Yeah, well, it's fine.
2: Brian, unseparate them out so we do them sequentially instead of on <laughs> top of each
0: other. No, layer more on top of Make it like those Flaming Lips albums that you have to listen to on five different boom boxes.
2: I mean, we've all grown a lot in the last, what is it, 20, 30 years?
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, Joe Biden used to be racist. (laughs) The pandemic was tough on Blanca. (laughs) Um, No, so, you know, the characters are are growing and changing, um, and the storyline for Ken Masters this time around, and this is this is via leak, so, you know, Take it with a grain of salt. Right. I hate anonymous sources. Yeah. So, um, well, then maybe you'll hate this information. But, okay. you know, based on some internet chatter. Uh, Ken. Some
2: information from the deep state. Go ahead.
0: Ken's backstory in Street Fighter Six is that he got too into fighting. He got too into karate tournaments. So his wife left and took the kids. <laughs> <laughs> his wife so so like divorce or you know a shattered marriage is going to be part of the plot line in the new street fighter game
2: can i ask you a question jordan yes do you think that's what happened with our dads oh
0: that they got too into
2: (laughs) underground fighting tournaments yeah i mean it was a long time ago like i don't have really clear i know when my parents split up i was about three or four you were a little older but I, I don't have clear memories of what exactly my dad was up to. I remember AA meetings, but those could have been underground fighting ter- tournaments and I just misinterpreted them.
0: Well, was he, let me ask you this, at any point during these AA meetings, did he fight M. Bison? <laughs> <laughs> Is that that big green guy? <laughs> no, that's a, um, a warlord from Shadow Lou, I believe. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's possible he did. You. You're more of a Street Fighter guy than me. Uh huh.
2: How big is Serenity in Street Fighter? Just as a quality.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, Street Fighter's more about um accepting what you cannot change. <laughs> okay. Great. Perfect. Which is <laughs> a green mutant from Brazil electrocuting you. Okay. So you sent a file here. On yeah. Our... So, and also, so kind of just to just to kind of give you a sense of where kind of Ken is at. Um mm-hmm. you'll see here in the chat I have some concept art from him, and just to kind of make this make matters worse here, his new character design makes it look like he's wearing sweatpants
2: okay i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a look at this before I do, I just want to mention that Ken Masters to me as a name mm-hmm. recalls someone leading a real estate seminar at the airport Marriott. oh yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take a look at. Ken Masters here. He's in the middle. So these there. are leaked. This is these leaked are leaked. Yeah. So you obviously so this is this like off a
0: cell phone. A, you know, maybe this salt. will be public info by the time this drops. But for now,
2: so um, first of all, there's this Japanese guy. Yeah. This guy's got a purple sash on. He's got to- pants torn at the bottom. Yeah, he looks pretty badass. He's got yeah. cool sandals. He looks rad. You know, how somebody that looks cool, like legitimately cool in sandals, and you're
0: like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. I wish my feet were that comfortable right it's, now. Yeah, one in, one in 30 can pull it off, one in 50, and reuse one of them. The wandering, there's this giant
2: Harry-chested, what is he, this guy, Russian? That's Zangief, yes. Zangief, and he's Russian?
0: Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot going on over there these days, so yeah.
2: Um, and then this is Ken Masters in the middle here, and he yeah. represents America?
0: He is. He's uh, he's one of the American fighters. Um, you know, obviously, you have Guile as well. Don't forget, Guile.
2: I have a question about him. Did you forget, Guile? He's wearing a tank top, but on top of that, he has a what looks like a shearling coat to me.
0: Yeah, I think this all kind of <laughs> points to him not having a great couple years. Can I ask? Can it's I ask been a question? A tough. I mean, it's been a tough year, a couple years on all of us, right? We've all. Oh, for sure. Know, yeah. But
2: I mean, not all of us have gotten excessively obsessed with underground fighting tournaments. That's true. To I think I'm appropriately obsessed the with them. Yeah. how One to ten. How obsessed with underground fighting tournaments are you, Jordan? <sighs> I mean, ten, but I'm not married, so. Right. You're a single guy. Yeah. You've got room in your life for that. You can watch all the whole of The Simpsons again if you want to. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a tank top underneath. Yeah. And he's wearing what looks, to me,
0: I'm going to be frank, like hiking boots. Right. With what looks like sweatpants. I'm sure those are probably karate pants, but it no. does...
2: Those are one hundred percent. The Japanese guy, he could. Though you could argue that those are karate pants that have been through a lot, like presumably a lot of karate, right? And then, but then this other guy in the middle, Ken Masters, he's. These are one hundred percent. These are sweatpants. This right. is just. I think what happened is, and this is no laughing matter. But this guy is going through depression. I understand why his family. His family abandoned him. If that mm-hmm. happened to me, I would. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. There's such a thing as situational depression. You know sure. what I mean. He, yeah. But maybe he, maybe he was depressed or or bipolar previously.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully we unlock that story in Street Fighter Seven. <laughs> we really get into it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> his, his, what was Ken Masters
2: hypomanic when he had the obsession with underground street fighting tournaments? Sure, doing it too much karate. What if Sagat's OCD? <laughs> What
0: it really looks like, honestly, Dude, what are the various mental illnesses of the... That would make it more fun. I think we can all agree that this divorce sure. thing is great, but we need Look, to... Look, we're fun. We're mentally ill.
2: Sure. In the middle there, Ken Masters looks like he was wearing a tank top and sweatpants, and he was watching all The Simpsons again from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then somebody called, maybe Zangief... And said, get out here. We're having an underground fighting tournament. And Ken Master said, for the sixth time? Zangief said, yes. And he just put on his hiking boots because that's what was by the door. Right. (laughs) We're closest. And he grabbed his shearling coat because I think probably he lives somewhere cold, like Minnesota or something. Yeah. And then he realized he didn't look tough enough. So... As a show of strength, he rolled up the sleeves on his shearling coat, which is there all the way up to his elbows, which seems impossible with a with a shearling.
0: The outfit is either kind of what you said last minute, last minute outfit to go to an underground fighting tournament or trying to run to Rite Aid for tequila before it closes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either one. Yeah. Uh, Shall we introduce our guest? This is a fun one, Jesse.
2: Shall we or shall we? Our guest on the program No chance here. (laughs) No chance for these fellows. Our guest on the program is a celebrity from the world of punk rock, uh, where he is the vocalist for the band Fucked Up. Uh, He is also a podcaster and podcasting celebrity- Uh, He is the host of the podcast Turned Out a Punk. Uh, And, of course, you probably know him from Much Music, the Canadian MTV, Damien Abraham. Hi, Damien. How are you, friend?
3: I'm good. I'm thinking of all of Ken's new powers. Like, his kids show up. He's scrolling Tinder. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got a different read on it, though. Maybe. DTH, down to Hadouken. Well, this is... I, I I look at him I look at him though and I think I see a post Drake world so I think the sweatpants are are him dressed up and he's now yeah. out on the town he's he's looking <laughs> he's at, at the he's going to be game yeah he's going to be he's going to be hitting on other characters he's going to be showing up late cuz he had to drop the kids off at his wife's house before he came to the tournament maybe that's a special move maybe he's like Right. The kids show up. He's like, "Oh shit, I got to deal with this." And then you think he's gone, but then he comes up from behind and it gets to attack you. Uh-huh.
2: Is it possible, Jordan, mm-hmm. that these aren't sweatpants? Is it possible that these are joggers? It is might, it possible yeah. that this is a sneak That he became a sneakerhead in a midlife yeah, exactly. crisis?
3: Exactly.
2: <laughs> sure. Yes, he could be. Yeah, he could be a hype beast. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably what it is. I think these are probably like. Nike ACG like vintage Nike ACG,
3: Excited. yeah. This this is exactly what are they? I'm trying to remember what they call it now. But like that, uh, I guess sportswear chic almost. Right? Yeah, like these boots. Okay. Like... I
2: think he's. I think he's found a grail piece and he's trying to show it off.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Vintage <laughs> Nike ACGs. How are you, Damien? Are you are you joining us from uh, from the great nation of Canada?
3: I am. I'm joining you from Toronto, Canada, in my basement uh surrounded by my records um and uh yeah it's it's uh, an honor to be here thank you very much for having me jordan wearing the turned out a punk shirt one of the few people that's picked one up despite what i say at the beginning of my show so thank you very much for doing that (laughs) well i mean
0: maybe it is and again i don't want to note you to death you're a great podcaster i love the show uh but you know maybe you would move more of these if at the top of the show you weren't saying and grab yourself a turned out a punk shirt jordan (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's right. I got to do more targeted ads. That's my sure. that's my 2000 no I like the podcast thing when you said podcast celebrity like punk celebrity also I I scoffed at but podcast celebrity I really scoffed at cuz the podcast thing I'm just like I don't know what I'm doing. Watch <laughs> me go.
2: <laughs> Damien, we've been doing this almost 15 years and we've learned nothing. I <laughs> I assure you we are no further ahead than
3: we were in 2006.
0: Yeah, and we've never talked to anyone who's been in Rancid.
3: So well, I, I guess that's the, the one thing I did luck out with is I found the one place where I could harass people at their place of work to come on my podcast. Like normally you're limited in where you yeah. can get these people, but I yeah. see them when, they, when they're when they at work and I can get them. Uh, no, it's it's definitely the podcast thing I started because I thought. It would be fun to to talk to people about this sort of thing. And then now, years later, um, <laughs> my kids are like, why do you waste so much time doing this podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, I really don't have a good answer.
0: Jesse, what do yeah. you tell your kids when they ask you that? My,
2: my eight-year-old, I think, would insist that he is more qualified than I to host this podcast. <laughs> and the honest truth is that it's it's probably the case. My kids have taken to... The only language that young people speak, as far as I can tell, is um, YouTube videos of Minecraft.
3: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, uh, very much so. Yes. And my
2: son will, it doesn't matter, like he will sometimes record, just for the family, uh, some actual play videos of him uh, playing Minecraft. Um, But even when he is not playing with a friend uh, or recording his play... He will narrate it to himself. Uh, he will be like, well, here comes those creepers. I don't know anything about Minecraft. Here comes those creepers. I hope it's not pornographic or something. Here
0: comes some Skeletors, you know. A, look out. I got to make a pig. Do you think, I mean, will Minecraft go on for so long that we'll have to learn about
3: the creepers and the pigs getting divorced? Well, where, we're all going to be working there soon. That's going to oh, be the yeah. new economy.
2: Yeah, Oscar told me his new realm is an underground karate fighting tournament. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, you know.
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Damian, I'd love to hear more about like what what your kids think of your profession. Um, oh, they hate yeah, it. Yeah, like do they?
3: <laughs> they don't think it's cool.
0: Do they like go to? Have they been able to see you like at a show? Be like, you know, the yeah, my of eldest high energy oh. punk band.
3: Well, my eldest, we dragged to a lot of shows in the beginning, and I think that was now something that he's weaponized as a teenager, because he's now just like, I don't care about what you do. And I'm like, yep, I know. (laughs) Like, I feel it doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't stab me like an ice dagger to the heart, but I, I know, I know you know. I was at the art museum
2: today with my wife, and you know how sometimes outside the art museum, they will have... Like an outdoor event where children can do projects and stuff. Yeah. You know, like in the in the like cafe outdoor relaxation area, be an art project. They were doing that, but there was a uh a, a punk band on stage at the end of the like corridor of cafe chairs out outside the art museum. And they were just like it was just this lady going like End yourself, and yourself And it's like, this is all these 10-year-olds drawing unicorns or whatever. Well, this woman is like, capitalism is death! Wow.
3: We got to play the art gallery in Toronto uh, one time, and it was, it's one of those things where you're up on stage, you're like, I think this joke has gone way too far. That we're getting into.
0: <laughs> All right, ha ha ha! We get
3: it too. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna run around this place and I'm gonna do my thing. But you, you asked for it.
2: Have you ever played for actual children? Uh,
3: yeah, I definitely have. Well, I played for my kids, uh, before when they've come to see us. I'm trying to think. I we did a. Like a kids-only version of the band, but I don't think they had me sing. If I remember correctly, I think I. I had what did to sit you name?
0: What did you name the band that was for kids? Like, I
3: think I, they, I, the name kind of has to change, right? I think they called it Fund Up, but <laughs> I don't yeah. remember exactly. I I remember watching it with my kids, but this was a couple years ago. And I, yeah, we've played. We've definitely played shows for like. There's this great festival up here called Hillside, which is very strong on like a. A family kid's component to it, and we got to play uh you know there twice I guess three times where there's like a bunch of kids in the front row, and I'm more worried about what I'm gonna say in between the songs where I'm just kind of like flow in and I'm using f words and s h words as just fillers in between sentences, know you know words. you know the we all know, I the know those words. I know those words you're talking, about. yeah, exactly, like I'm I using the those. The uh, like four-letter words and and just kind of filling stuff. And then all of a sudden, I catch myself. And then I'm like, wait. Their parents brought them to see a band called Fucked Up. Right. (laughs) To assume a certain amount of... Those kids are coming here with that baggage. I'm not going to give them any
2: more. Wait. I have have an important question about this Fund Up band. Yeah. So this is the other people in your band, but they kicked you out. Did they replace you with... Like
3: Raffy? Raffy? No, they they all sang them, but we've everyone in the band has been missing for at least a few shows and has been replaced, including myself. I didn't go on the first European tour. I uh, I quit the band and I said I'm I'm leaving the band, and they said, "What if you didn't have to go to Europe with us?" And I was like, "Cause I was you know trying to get myself out of school debt and all sorts of things." So I'm like, "Okay, sure." So they got this kid our friend Mike the Beeve to sing for the band. <laughs> <Mike> the <beef>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mike the Beeve always does a great job. <laughs> we have Mike the Beeve fill in
3: when I'm on summer vacation. <laughs> exactly. Well, Mike Huntington, Mike the Beeve Huntington, is a, a a great person, and I owe him a, a huge debt for doing this because, you know, he did not fill the visual role that I think people were expecting of the band. And people were very brutal to him. Actually, I, oh. I is he
0: see. Say- is, is, is he a small... I mean, the, if people haven't heard Fucked Up, you have a very yes. distinct vocal, a terrific vocal. It's loud, it's intense. Uh, I, I'm maybe guessing the Beeb's maybe a smaller man?
3: Slightly smaller man. He does have a fantastic vocal and sang in a, a an incredible hardcore band from up here called Urban Blight that uh, are, are amazing in their own right and to put out a bunch of records and hugely influential, but for some reason, in Western Europe, they did not like him. The further east we go, still to this day, <laughs> there are some places we'll play in Eastern Europe, and people will be like, "The other guy was better." <laughs> yeah. Well, he knew Their to B-pads. pass out Levi's. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, he knew secret. He showed up. He showed up with uh, American chocolate and and just bought everyone's souls. Oh, I, Jesse.
0: This reminds me. Just so you know, next week I'm out, and Cooter's going to be here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a punk rock guy. I don't know Mike the Beave so much from when he was filling in on Fucked Up. I know him more for when he when he would fill in for Carson. Yeah, somebody did a great job. A lot of people think Gary Shandling was the best, but no, the Beave. Yeah, Yeah. I think Mike the Beave was the best. Those suits were amazing. The big lapels.
0: He's the one who banned Joan Rivers, right?
3: <laughs> we used to we used yeah. to do this thing to him where we'd invite him on stage and we'd be like, hey, tonight we're going to cover an Urban Blight song. So when you hear the riff, come on stage. And so he'd come on stage, a hand on the microphone, and just when he was about to sing, we'd go into a different song. And it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. <you> know, <laughs> a horribly mean thing to do. And then a few weeks ago. <laughs> The band ceremony was in town, and they're opening for Turnstile, and I get a text from my friends in the band. They're like, we want to cover uh, Generation by uh, Fucked Up, and I'm like, okay, cool, sounds good. And then we they mention it, get to the show, they don't mention it. They start playing the riff. I walk it on stage, and then they go into a different song, and I'm beefed. Whoa. You, gotta you gotta I be- got beefed. beefed. Did, wait, did Beef set this up somehow or is no, it totally a coincidence? No, they were like, oh, my God, we forgot we texted you about it. We just meant as like a little tribute. We're going to play your riff. And then I walk out, and it's turnstile playing in Toronto. So there's like yeah. 2,000 people there. <laughs> Grab the microphone, put my hand in the air, and they beefed me.
0: Fucking beefed. Oh, man. Wow. That's
3: rough. Yeah. Man. Anyway. That was my uh, that was that was musician lead singer Karma coming back to haunt me. But yeah, everyone else in the band has sat out one show or at least one or two shows, maybe a tour. Actually, probably a tour now that I think about it.
2: Man, I'd love to sit out a
3: Jordan Jesse Go tour. That's my dream. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) You to do that Liam Gallagher thing where you get to heckle from the audience. Like if you're Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Oasis Unplugged is the one of the greatest things MTV ever did.
2: You know what? We've gotten a lot of demand for a Jordan Jesse Go Unplugged. <laughs>
3: yeah. They
0: want to hear the story behind when I was in the local weather commercial. <laughs> I tell a story and then I tell the story. These yes. are our hits.
2: Here's the story, if you're wondering, Damien. One time Jordan auditioned to be in a local television commercial. He got the part.
0: Yeah. That's and great. And and then I launch into the story. That's how uh unplugged. <laughs> that's will that's how, yeah.
2: Then later they gave him four hundred dollars.
0: Yeah. And then we totally remake The Man Who Sold the World. hmm <laughs> From Nirvana's Unplugged. Jordan, what did you get for your local television commercial? Oh, um I no, I think oh no, I think it was I think they said I was gonna get a hundred dollars and I never got a hundred
3: dollars. So nothing. What? Collection agency.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: go for
2: fritz it coleman i know you're listening you can make this right look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say the station the station the situation with the station and the hundred dollars uh, that's water under the bridge we're not gonna get the hundred dollars out of the station these people are cutthroat we don't have the attorneys to get that hundred dollars <laughs> but fritz i know you're listening you're a good guy okay i could tell from the way you asked jordan about the swells mm-hmm. How the what the or when Jordan asked you about the swells and you helpfully answered the question about the about the swells, I know you're a good guy. In fact, I would even go so far as to say you're a swell guy. Nice. And I also know you're extraordinarily rich. If there's one thing that we know about NBC force Fritz Coleman, it's that this guy is made out of fucking money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about income; I'm talking about wealth. Fritz, you got a hundred
0: dollars? Give it to Jordan. Yes. Find retired weatherman Fritz Coleman on Twitter and demand he Venmo me
3: $100. Just find his house. Forget Twitter. Yeah. Don't actually
0: do that, anyone. Please. Do not actually. No one go to Fritz Coleman. <laughs> no one do that for God. real. Fuck it. Let's
2: dox Coleman. Don't dox Coleman. He's fine. Jordan, I, Jordan I'm with you. We'll dox Dallas Reigns. That's when fine. I, okay.
3: When I was you- in... When I was in high school, I was at this party and I had this friend that was obsessed with this local indie rock musician called Noah Mintz. And he uh, had this great project called Noah's Arkweld, had another project that's pre-broken social scene. A lot of bands in Toronto are pre-broken social scene mm-hmm. called head with a double H at the front. And he got drunk at this party and he wouldn't stop talking to me about Noah Mints. And I'm like, if you like this guy so much, why don't you just go to his house? And he's like, well, I know where he lives. And I'm like, yeah, just do it. And he did. He walked all the way across the city. And, and he told me later on, like, yeah, I got to his house. I knocked on the door. It got a little weird. And then. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then two years ago, I'm in Kensington Market in Toronto. And I see a bunch of friends drinking at a bar. And I go up and, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, blah, blah, introduced me to Noah Mintz. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had a friend in high school that was obsessed with you. I think one time he's like, "Is that the dude that came over to my house that one night?" <laughs> wow, <laughs> didn't have the courage to tell him I told him to do that. But <laughs> I like
0: that your buddy was drunk, and then on the walk over, didn't sober up enough to realize it was a bad idea. <laughs> it Just
3: was a very across yeah, Toronto. I think, I think he forced his way into his house at one point
1: oh my and gosh. sat
3: on the couch. It was one wow. of those things. If he wasn't 15 at the time, it would have been really scary. Yeah. Um, no one is
2: scared of teenagers. Certainly not me. No. <laughs> he,
3: if I remember correctly, he was also uh, very good with a yo-yo and was yo-yoing at the time. Because no one did bring that up as a detail to me. That's... it. That makes
0: this twice as terrifying. If a kid shows up at your door who's drunk and in the middle and yo-yoing, that's like how the clown from It is holding those helium
3: balloons. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And originally yo-yo is a weapon too, right? Like that's way yeah. more terrifying than a balloon. That's my concern is that you know the
2: yo-yo's origins are as a weapon. What if he knows how to weaponize a yo-yo?
0: Yeah.
3: Was yeah, it a man. standard yo-yo or a butterfly? It was a butterfly. We were yeah. we were into yo-yoing. We we definitely, and I I appreciate your understanding of the medium. <laughs> yeah, and
2: you were coming straight from a party, so of course you would have the butterfly. <laughs>
3: of course, we had the yo-yos out, man. Yeah, there
0: were babes at the party. <laughs> yeah. We had to break out the flies.
2: <laughs> you know, I, my uh, childhood best friend Pete. He was he was like a graffiti writer, and is uh, a graffiti writer and an artist. A little cooler than a yo-yoer. Well, they're pretty – I don't know. What kind of tricks could you do? That's Honestly,
0: I've heard, I've heard graffiti called the yo-yo of the streets. That's true.
2: <laughs> That's really true. You know, in my opinion, the original yo-yo is Bob Dylan.
0: Exactly, yes.
2: Some people might even say William Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Pete one time found Dan Clouse, the comics guy, you know, famous comics guy – And uh, like at a at a book event, I don't know, a book event or something, showed him his drawing book, sketchbook. Dan Klaus invited him over to his house to draw. Wow, that sounds fun. That is, that's
3: awesome though. That's like the dream.
2: Yeah, this other dude, uh, this other Bay Area now is he's now a famous fine artist. This guy called Barry McGee, still that we used to write Twist. In fact, he probably still writes Twist all over San Francisco. This guy also invited Pete over to his house. It's incredible these drawing guys and the respect they the respect and lack of fear they have for teens.
3: I guess cuz it's like that's like one of those places like punk where where uh you know like not saying that certain people don't abuse this and don't don't misuse this, but it's almost like a a, a neverland world where you never actually grow up. Like I had friends that were in their late 50s early 60s as like a teenager and they would legitimately just trade records and it was never creepy but they're, they're you know that but that was just because it was like this punk thing where like we all were okay with it and i think graffiti is kind of the same way and once again not that this isn't abused and misused by people and and not saying that abuse doesn't happen in both of these places because i'm sure i know it does uh but at the same time there's also on the other side of it this side where it's kind of like you can hang out with a 50-some-odd-year-old person and it not be necessarily creepy and terrifying. Yeah. It's the same
2: in the underground karate fighting world in my I experience. Think so. Right. <laughs> there's a certain
0: generosity of spirit. Well, there's the younger fighters like Sakura and Sean. <laughs> sure. Who <laughs> fight adults. <laughs>
3: Ibuki. There's shit I saw in my karate dojo that I'm still processing as an adult. Sure. Like, <laughs> as a kid. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh Damien, I'm interested about... Because, I mean, you have... I mean, you've talked to, like, your heroes on your podcast, but, like, what is it just, like, going up to, you know, someone you've worshipped your entire life at a music festival or something and saying, like, do you want to be on my podcast? Is it kind of weird and nerve-wracking?
3: No, because I was always a punisher, Mm. you know? I was always the guy that was up in these people's faces backstage at shows. Even as a kid, like, I did a... My brother and I did a fake fanzine. Well, it wasn't a fake fanzine. We we legitimately intended it for it to actually come out, but transcribing interviews is hard. Thank That's goodness so podcasts boring. exist. Oh my god. <laughs> oh,
2: so boring. That's why I didn't. Be, never became a print journalist because it's too boring to transcribe
3: interviews. So tedious. Like we, I remember us doing the first one with uh, <laughs> like someone from Unwritten Law, and we're all <laughs> sitting there at the computer, just being like, Oh my gosh! Like there's a lot of ums and ahs in this thing. I should have been paying attention when Mario was teaching typing.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I remember reading that there's like this "This American Life how to make radio comic book. It's really great. If anybody's interested in their podcasting or whatever, I really recommend it. You can still buy PDFs of it for $5 or something on the this American Life website. But there was a part in there, and I was reading this, I was like 18, you know, and there was a part in there that was talking about their process. And it it involved going out into the field, getting all these hours and hours and hours of tape, then bringing them back to the the office, transcribing them, and then doing a text edit on them, writing out the piece with the text and the time codes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm out on that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Ira, you can still be my
0: hero and everything, but mm, 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 no transcribing for me. I I shan't be. I really just want to thank the, those, the Food Not Bombs kids who transcribed this podcast, make mm-hmm. photocopies of it at Kinko's, exactly. and
3: leave it at the local anarchist bookstore. God, thank you, for you all so the much. People without computers now, they can still yeah. follow along in mm-hmm. their own
0: way. Analog podcasts, it's, uh,
3: it's, <laughs> it's hot. My friends uh, you know, like, have done that kind of work in radio, and I saw that, but the closest thing I ever got was writing out playlists, and my were illegible. Like when I have to write out the what songs I played, no one got paid royalties off my radio shows, unfortunately, <laughs> because no one could find out who was playing.
2: <laughs> that really is like the, the amount to have like a college radio show or whatever. Um, the amount of legally required record keeping is really prohibitive for the people that would like to have a, a college radio show. Right. Like, yes, they, those, these are not record keeping folk. <laughs> no. Well, they I'm, certainly, they, they keep their records from the college radio station. <laughs> but besides that,
0: <laughs> take a couple,
3: just a few that got taken home by accident in, yeah. in the stacks.
0: Yeah. You actually yeah. throw it in your bag. It happens. We, it happens.
3: We had to do math in Canada too, because we had CanCon rules. So you had to figure out you know, I think it was 20% of your your show had to be Canadian. So if you were a Canadian band with a short song, you got played a lot. And actually led to a lot of weird punk hits in Canada on Much Music uh, because there would always be, oh, shoot, we only have a minute left. We only have a two minute left. Let's put this Gob song on or let's put <laughs> this DBS song on. And so there's like we need we need something that's Canadian in 90 seconds. (laughs) Exactly. We got to get this in there somehow. Um, And it was a great strategy for punk bands to find their way and weasel their way onto like mainstream television in Canada for a while. God, I'd love to be in Gob. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? They had beef with the uh, Gob from America. There are two gobs. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know Gob gob was Canadian, but I guess I just am familiar with the other Gob. There's two gobs. There's Reno Gob. And Vancouver Gob.
0: Now, I know you're a Canadian, so you're you're probably tempted to go one way. But as, as a musician, which Gob is the better Gob? I,
3: it's kind of hard to say because they are so... They, that's why I love punk. Because there can be two bands called Gob in the genre of punk and sound so dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Get, uh, the Reno Gob is uh, a power violence band. Uh it's, so it's blurry fast and... Wild vocals, and then Gob from Canada is kind of a pop punk band. And actually, one of the guys now plays in Sum 41, and a hu- they're a huge influence on Sum 41.
2: Um, Can I just say that my Gob is an awesome Gob? <laughs>
3: <Sure>. <laughs> gob, take the wheel. <laughs> well, they beefed in the Max Rock and Roll, uh, let not in the letter section, I think it was just in interviews. And I remember the Canadian Gob challenge the American gob to a hockey game. To, to <laughs> That's not fair, I don't think uh yeah I don't think anyone would have fared well in that competition. Um American gob challenged Canadian gob to a dairy queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't even have these over there. <laughs> uh Damien you have uh I hear you talk about your record collection on the show, which I like, and now I get to see the record collection behind you, which is yeah. <laughs> fun and impressive what's uh what's the what's the, what's the crown jewel in the collection
3: jeez uh I've got a uh, a negative approach test press uh that's like the rejected mix of their first seven inch and I traded 200 records or 300 records I forget how many I, I, I like traded in and took the money and went and bought this thing so I kind of think I traded for it and that's what I'll tell my children <laughs> like what did you do with your money dad I've been sorting these albums
2: that I inherited from my aunt who passed away and she had this huge record collection and I'll be looking through these records and she was, she really liked jazz music and and I'll get to one, I'll, I'll get to a record with a jazz record with a, a weird cover and I'll, I'll look it up on the internet and there's a bunch of them that are, you know, sell for three or $400 and I've found that the more, valuable the record is the more difficult to appreciate it is let's say generously (laughs) difficult to appreciate (laughs) and i like don't want to sell them because they belong to my auntie and i would never see another one again and they remind me of someone i loved but i'm also like wow these
3: solos are very free Well, I I like I now look at this record collection, I'm like I got to get rid of some of this stuff because eventually no matter how much I love this record, uh it's going to be completely meaningless to my kids. Like they have not taken <laughs> yes. any interest in this stuff so far. And It's like uh, those antique dealers whose kids only buy their furniture at IKEA. Exactly. Me and my dad, my dad has like art deco life with his whole furniture thing and sells he now sells antiques because he had to deal with his addiction uh, to, to, to many things, but antiques being one of them. And uh, this was my kind of, uh, my, my I guess, rebellion was collecting records. So he, he was in a punk too, and I actually have some of his old punk records in here. He was more a 60s music guy and kind of too old to be really in the scene, but he definitely got a couple records and, and some good ones, including Pat Smear's father-in-law's record release version of his LP.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Damien, did you ever? I mean, you know, obviously this is armchair quarterbacking at this point, but like, you know, you you say that like your kids don't care about punk rock. Is there a way you could have reverse engineered it by just like when you had kids, just pretending to be into Rush yourself, and then (laughs) (laughs) the kids would lash out against you by getting into punk.
3: I think no matter what you're into they will they will know no matter what you are no matter what you do they will know what to do to hurt you and, uh, <laughs> and, and they, they see will, your soft spots yeah <laughs> i took i took my my middle child's screens away um you know minecraft once again um and he looked at me and he goes oh yeah punk sucks whoa <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it, dude! And you're like, it's an acquired taste.
2: It's an yeah. acquired taste. One day you'll grow up and you'll like shrimp and punk. Yeah,
3: and I'm like, not. And I'm like, how can you say all of it? You know, like you're not like sure. Maybe, maybe Canadian gob, but what about Reno gob? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, these kids like don't know about Reno Gob. <laughs> they don't know about Reno Gob, right? Like so many kids these days are so
2: like dismissive of power violence, I feel they like. Just Even don't no get matter it. how blurry the drums are. Mm-hmm. They don't get it, you know. No. Uh I <laughs> they, they do love that Minecraft song though. <laughs> oh god. My, that's the only music my my middle child just likes this one Minecraft song and then he thinks that good music is when you play a regular song twice as fast using the computer.
3: I don't I, know. I had uh, Perry from Nerf Herder on the podcast recently, and in my research, I uncovered that he wrote the song It's Raining Tacos, which is used <laughs> in Roblox. And wow. when I told my kids that I interviewed the guy that wrote It's Raining Tacos, I finally impressed them.
0: That was it. That did I it.
3: I finally had them. They were all like all these years.
2: I man, I I was trying. I'm like, Daddy's making a radio show with Pee Wee Herman. Blank stare. Yeah. Daddy had the YouTube Minecraft song guy. That would be a rocket to the stars
3: for them, for for me in their eyes. Yes. That was that definitely they, they they were like, uh, that guy Bill Hader that was on your podcast is doing really well. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like, yeah, he had a voice in the Adams Family movie. <laughs> <laughs> you sit your kids down, you make them watch Barry, make them watch all of it. <laughs> yeah. I told them that not until you're at least 14. And <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, are any which is the most punk
2: rock of your children, Damien?
3: I guess all of them because they they just reject it completely. You know that's right. That makes them all. Um, I think Dorian's the one who I can see. My middle child. He's the one I can see when I put on a song. Kind of gets into it once in a while. He's at least the one that likes guitar-based music the yeah. most out of all of them. But even that's changing. I find <laughs> I can't lean in. I can't lean in. Anytime they like anything, I've just got to play it cool. Don't get excited because then they will know that. If they hate it, it'll hurt you.
2: The main punk rock thing that my kids do is, like, uh refuse to wash their hair. Hmm. That's, like, the number one. <laughs> yes. Unless trampolining is a big punk rock thing and I didn't know, then I would say refusing to wash their hair is the number one. I
3: guess, like, uh rejecting the authority over screens is the other punk rock thing they do. Because, like, they will... And it's funny because a lot of people on the podcast and they'll be, like, my my eldest son's age. And they'll be like, yeah, like 12, like, Oh, well I had, um, Steve McDonald from Red Cross, one of the earliest episodes. And at 12, he was, I I used air quotes when I say this, dating a 27 year old woman who ended up kidnapping him with her parents and holding him for six months. And then he got reverse kidnapped and stuff. And so I look at my son who's sneaking downstairs and, Sneaking onto a computer to play Minecraft at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm, I'm like, well, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Because there is yeah. <laughs> way more the terrifying one. things that T could be sure. into. The last thing you want to have to do is reverse kidnap one of your kids. I don't, exactly. At least until they're in their 20s and it's from a religious cult.
0: Yeah. Sure.
2: I mean, would I be fine, end of the day? If I had to reverse bank rob my kids, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I'd do that. At least I'd get some bags full of money with dollar signs on the outside. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you would get so much Robux from Roblox you oh, would be yeah. rolling in it. You could have mm. the best avatar. Yeah.
0: Um you guys going wanna go uh commit a little reverse crime and then uh, <laughs> come back for another segment.
2: We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica.
1: Love. Love you, love you, love you.
2: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse
0: Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective.
2: Now, Jordan, on a week-to-week basis, on a minute-to-minute basis, who is the number one supporter of Jordan, Jesse Goh?
0: Why, all the people that go to MaximumFun.org slash join and sign up to support.
2: Yes, the members of Maximum Fun, we salute you. I raise my seltzer in honor of you. We're also supported this week by the good folks at Magic Spoon, look, if you're eating healthier, if you're looking to get something that is satisfying for your breakfast, but also satisfies your sweet tooth uh, without a bunch of carbs and sugar, Magic Spoon, a great option. Very, very tasty.
0: Yeah, uh, zero grams of sugar, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And hey, if we're talking about the honey nut flavor which I definitely want to because that's a great flavor. Uh, That one only has one gram of sugar.
2: There's some new flavors here. Uh, Oh, yeah. Not just Honey Nut. There's also Cinnamon Roll, which is very nice. Uh, And, of course, Magic Spoon, known the world over as the only breakfast cereal that my kid Frankie calls Magic Poon. Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code JJ Go at checkout to save $5 off your order.
0: And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked.
2: Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJ Go and use our code JJ Go to save $5 off. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Zip. Recruiter Jordan, it is summertime. hmm And I want to save all of my time this summer for the sea dew, baby. <laughs> Heck yeah. Now, do I have a lake to ride it on? Not yet. But my plan right now is to tie a rope to the back of my car, tie it to the front of the sea dew, and spend my summer riding the streets of Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Uh I mean, I want that. I want that for you. I want that for you. There's a but... problem. Jordan, there's a problem. I'm a oh business gosh. owner. What oh, if I man. have to do some hiring? That's going to soak up all of my time that I would have been using right in my
0: sea behind behind the streets of Southern California. Here's, here's what you need to do, Jesse. That's why you need ZipRecruiter to find great candidates. They do the work for you. Oh, of and course, now... Recruit. The crew, the crew does the work. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. Here's what they do. They use powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. It's the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1, 2022. This whole time, I've been trying to find and
2: match the right candidates to my job with a freaking yo-yo. Well, you're a fool. Jesse, you're a fool. ZipRecruiter has been here this whole time. Soak up all that Summer has to offer and let ZipRecruiter do the work. Ready for the URL? It's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's where you can try it for free. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. (laughs)
1: La 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 la
3: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse
2: Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
0: Uh Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: And I'm Damien Abraham, fallen pitchfork darling. Oh no. Yeah, I didn't know anymore. you fell, Damien. I fell. We're not we're not best new music anymore.
2: You know what I blame? I blame fucking Condé Nast. Hmm. I blame specifically that uh, Condé Nast Adventures or whatever that travel magazine is called.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think, I think the uh, fucked up does not play as well in the Condé Nast era of Pitchfork as we did in the other. We got, but that's okay. We're just in our uh, Save Ferris period. You know, remember Save Ferris? Yes.
0: Oh, Damien, I grew up in Orange County in the '90s. That is maybe the band I've seen live the most
3: i can't believe they took their 9.0 away right like that's one of the pitchfork reviews that got deleted from the archives oh
0: my gosh i didn't know that
3: yeah there was a they had like a 9.0 review <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny little like <laughs> blight on pitchforking. <laughs> you know it's not a perfect rating system but i didn't yeah.
2: know i knew that they had reevaluate. like i remember that they had given andrew wk's first album like a horrible pan yeah and they like kicked it up to an eight and a half or something, uh, when they, you know, finally came to understand non irony. And um but I didn't know that they had gone the other direction, that they had been like, mm,
3: on second thought, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well they you just quietly disappear from the archives when it's that. Right. But I actually interviewed uh, Jason Green recently on the podcast from Orchid, and then he played in Panthers. And Orchid, of course, like, invents Screamo and is, is lauded in punk. Um, and the Panthers were not lauded as much. Um, and they actually have the distinction of having the second lowest pitchfork score ever, a 0.7. Wow. Yeah. How do you even get a 0.7? Someone's got to be in a really bad mood that day.
2: I would have assumed Nazi shit
3: on it. It's like, not even like point four record. for drumming speed.
2: <laughs> yeah. But besides that, not much to be said for this Nazi band.
3: Uh, yeah, there's, there's really nothing like I can. There, there, there's some band that got like a lower. Score. I think it was the monkey peeing into its its own mouth was the thing for the review. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to assign this a
0: number. We're going to do a a, A gif gif of a of peeing. (laughs) Can I just?
2: I want to mention because we were talking about anarchist bookstores. Mm -hmm. I got an email uh, earlier this year from a, a Max Fun listener. Who has an anarchist bookstore? I mean, it's a socialist bookstore, but sure, yeah. let's not
0: split hairs here. I'm sure they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I... <laughs> They're probably
2: super chill about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about whether you can vote in a revolution or not. They're probably super uh, chill about that. But they look sweet. I saw a picture of them in the picture, and they look like real sweeties. So if you're in Providence, Rhode Island and you're a socialist. I do not endorse politics on this program, Jordan, as you know. I'm an NPR journalist. The only thing that I approve of, of course, is birding. Um but uh if you're in Providence, Rhode Island, the max fun leftist bookstore is the Red Ink Community Library.
1: Hmm.
0: Isn't that nice? There you go. We have a we have an official Anarchist or socialist bookstore.
2: You know what? We we have a so, an official socialist bookstore. If you'd like to apply to be our official anarchist bookstore, drop us a line at, at org. <laughs> Let's hear from all of you. And if there's... it, Look, if there's any anarcho-syndicalists out there and you have your own bookstore, we'll put you in contact with the anarchist bookstore and you guys can fight it out. <laughs> Just make sure to pass the talking stick back and forth.
0: <laughs> I think this is going to be our most popular segment ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at two zero six nine eight four four Fun or email us at jjgo at fun dot org. You can just send us a voice me- It's as easy as picking up your telephone and saying hello, voice memo, and then it'll open your voice memo app and then just record whatever you're going to do and just email it to us. You know, it's who uses phones? JJgo at fun dot org uh, is the email address. Here's a momentous occasion from someone now.
3: Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Uh, my name is Brent. So
0: I'm driving through the uh, foothills of North Carolina. It's first day of summer,
1: and I started seeing fireflies, which is pretty cool, because uh, I was driving back to see my parents. I haven't seen fireflies in a long time. So they started getting closer and closer to the road and more and more ditched until I'm in this, like, cloud of fireflies, and they started hitting my windshield. My windshield just started glowing. Just all over, little dots and dots and dots. Firefly, just dead, glowing
0: firefly carcasses. Um, it was as beautiful as it was gross.
2: <laughs> Love you. Bye. Man, that's incredible. That's gorgeous. What a what an incredible moment, you know? Mm-hmm. There are certain moments in our lives that we want to hold on to and treasure. You know, one time... Uh, I used to be a truck driver. One time I really plowed the shit out of a unicorn.
3: Mm, yeah. And
2: it was the smear across that freeway, Jordan. Just extraordinary.
0: I've always dreamed of watching a turtle explode. <laughs> that Doesn't that sound beautiful?
2: It sounds absolutely gorgeous. This, So we don't have... Do they have fireflies in uh, Toronto, Damien? You got warm weather in the summer.
3: Yeah, but I've only seen them... I think I've only seen them when I've been in the States and stuff. Yeah. I don't remember seeing them growing up and and they certainly weren't... Like, we got moths and actually there's this place in just outside of Montreal called Lachine and they have these shad flies. And I remember going to a grocery store one time as a kid and the whole door just covered in them. Just like... Like, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was hideous and uh, that stayed with me for life. And so... They weren't glowing though. Yeah, that's the
2: that's the key thing. I used to see fireflies. You probably Jordan saw Fireflies visiting your uh, family in Texas and Louisiana. Yeah, I, I used to see them. my 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 mom's from Washington D.C. and her and her, her family mostly lived in Virginia, and uh, I I used to see the Fireflies there, and it was always incredible. Our friend Glenn Weldon uh, from Pop Culture Happy Hour he lives in uh, he lives in those environs, and I saw a picture that he took uh, of being completely surrounded by fireflies. And I guess I'm wondering if there's too many fireflies now.
0: Yes, people need to start intentionally plowing into them with their cars. Should we be introducing predator?
3: What eats a firefly? Kudzu? A waterfly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a human. I think that would be like a new yeah. great yeah. dining thing, you know, like your food lights up. Yeah. Oh,
0: shit. Yeah, that would be a great fine dining. Like yeah. maybe the chef has like a cheese grater and he grates the fireflies over your pasta yeah like Say it, when that nutmeg they...
2: type thing I would love that uh, what kind of pig can sniff out fireflies that's what we need one of those <laughs> firefly sniffing pigs yes. if you can catch a few of them
0: this gives me an idea mm-hmm. you know it's it's we're in the thick of it it's summertime and I think we have a, a rich tradition of giving people great advice. For for their summers, right?
2: right? I think, yeah. I mean, a, there's a lot of podcasts out there, uh-huh. but there's only one hosted by a real summer boy, and that's you, Jordan Morris. That's
0: true. Yes, I am the you know the summer boy, and obviously, like um, a lot there's there's a lot riding on me yeah. to make people people are looking to me for summer advice, right? And I think this Firefly call gives me an idea. Wow. And feel free to shoot this down. I mean, I am the expert, but I I want your feedback too. Right? How do you feel about encouraging our listeners to make this a folksy ass summer?
2: Yeah, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Keep it down home.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> leave a pie to cool on a windowsill.
2: Right. <laughs> Go skinny dipping in the crick.
0: Go skinny dipping in the crick. That would be great. And ju- and and the Jesse, I think that's great. Just because it's folksy doesn't mean it can't be horny.
2: Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. A lot of people think that folksy and horny are oppositional. They think that you have no. to choose between no. them. But where, no. do you, where do you think Ma and Pa got their kids? That's right. They fucked. Yeah, Ma and Pa, Ma and pa fuck. Yeah. These two fuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Folk it and fuck it. That's what's... What's a good example, Damien, what's a good example of a down-home Canadian activity?
3: Because we want to take this international. I guess there's like a lot of people that cottage. Cottaging is like a huge thing Uh in Ontario. Um, And this is a type of sex? <laughs> I guess cottaging. I guess there's sex that goes on there. I never really got to go to many cottages. It's just like yeah. that thing
2: where English people f- fucking parking lots or whatever. <laughs>
3: yeah, dogging. Yeah, <laughs> we, I'll tell you. That's that was our remember our first trip to England, getting off the plane and with four minutes, the guy who's driving us is brought up dogging twice, and it's like <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be the most fun tour. You're like,
2: look, I'm known for bleeding from my head on stage, but this is a bit much for.
3: me <laughs> (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just i just think any time that that's come up twice in the first few minutes of conversation you know that this has been on the person's mind a lot did you think it was a thing where it's was he like
0: taking your temperature was it like wouldn't it be hilarious if we kissed is that what do you think what was going on (laughs)
3: that's it was kind of that vibe at first it's like it was like oh it's funny let's let me tell you about this thing and then it's like okay (laughs) And then it's like, you remember that thing I told you about that was so funny? Yeah. Dogging. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it wasn't that funny the first time. <laughs> now it's getting really weird. I mean, he's like, anyway, we're in a car. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Isn't that weird how I just yeah. brought up this car thing? Yeah. Here we are. Okay. There's so parking down- lots and
2: forests everywhere. Is, is cottaging, is that like a lake house kind of situation?
3: Yeah. It's like a lake house type thing. There's this place called Muskoka uh, near here and there's, like, I think there's, like, a Tragically Hip song about it, and it's hard to, like, put into perspective the importance of the Tragically Hip to to people that aren't from Canada, but it's, like, like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles cross with, like, Bruce Springsteen, I guess, to Canadian people, certain Canadian people, I should say, but, like, you know, it it like our prime minister was crying at their last show, and 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 they are a very important band, and a, and a great band too. Like they they really lived up to it, but just the the level of of adulation for this band, and they have a song about Muskoka, and that was just so adverse to everything I, I liked as a young person. And <laughs> <laughs> you weren't into Cottage Court? No, I was definitely not. I was definitely a city core person. I was like, you're into cottage cheese, though, right? <laughs> I, I never even like cottage cheese. I'm like, wow. I'm trying to think what I like. What are you even eating God. on your grapefruits? <laughs> I, I, t- I can't even eat a
2: grapefruit. That's how far away from cottaging I am at this point. At what point in American history did it stop being what you order in a fancy hotel for breakfast? A grapefruit with cottage cheese.
0: I bet that left. I bet that. I bet the last year for that was 1989. Mm,
2: that seems about right. And then it, that's when sun dried tomatoes came in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Come Rory's <laughs> for breakfast, eat a handful of sun dried tomatoes. Do I want some smart food and a snapple? Thanks.
3: <laughs> Go savory for the 90s. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The, they call it the savory 90s. Savory 90s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, we got another call
2: in there. Oh, we should explain this. Damien, Jordan and I are really creative. Jordan is a television writer. Um, I, of course, am a podcast producer. Uh, I mean, probably best known for my work on television's comedy, Bang Bang, as smug TV writer um but we're both really creative so we come up with a lot of ideas for segments so this is an idea for a segment that we had it's not just a caller calling in that's because they just have something they wanted to say on a podcast and then they make up a name for the segment that they're calling in for that's it that's what it is no we're creative we wrote it down and mailed it to ourselves
1: Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. This is Anna calling from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. So, yes, I am one of those clowns in Washington. And I am calling the show
2: for a second, Brian. Look, Damien, I don't know a lot about parliamentary democracy, but we have a representative democracy here in the United States. And now I go out to vote Every year, sometimes twice a year. Jordan, how how much how often do you vote? A shit ton, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm always. I'm Jesse. I'm voting right now, bro. Thank bro, you. I'm voting right now. You just can't see me below the waist, but I'm voting with my dick.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, I didn't follow until the end. That's the voice I used to audition for everything in 2005.
2: Uh, Damien, here's my point. We have a representative democracy here in the United States. These people live in Washington, D.C., in the Capitol building. And you would think that given – well, some of them live together in a rental apartment that was rented for them by the creator of Doonesbury on behalf of Amazon Prime. But besides that, <laughs> most of them live in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And you would think, Damien, that because we hired these people – because we chose these people, because these people represent us, that these would be good, honest, hardworking Americans, just regular Joes and Janes like you and I, but with a commitment to democracy and bettering our nation. Um but do you know what we have out there in in Congress? What is it? Yeah, no, it's fucking clowns, is what it is. It's clowns. a bunch of fucking big shoe clowns, yep. a bunch of seltzer. Mm-hmm assholes Mm -hmm. with little fucking flowers and tiny cars Mm -hmm. flapping around with their big fucking feet instead of addressing the problems of our country
0: this is a callback
2: these fucking people thing
0: we used to do a little more frequently with their
2: with their weird face makeup pretending
0: to be a drunk for for children minute minute or two instead
2: of voting on legislation these fucking clowns some
0: people will probably enjoy it
2: and you know what's it you know what's it the same shit's going down in the state house right now. Sacramento, California. Same shit's going down. A bunch of fucking mm-hmm. clowns. And you know what they have in Sacramento? A bunch of those fucking French clowns from Cirque du Soleil. These guys are doing art mm-hmm. clowning instead of passing laws that are going to protect the people of this great state. And I'm, I, for one, am fucking sick of it. I'm running for city council. <laughs> but you know what they told me, Jordan? Mm. I told them I went to UC Santa Cruz. And they said, no, you have to go to Barnum & Bailey's fucking Clown College. Wow. That's all. Just I just wanted to fill Damien in because he's from Canada. Well,
3: Circus du Soleil is from Canada. That's true. We yeah. got some clowns up here. That's yeah. true. Some so, very you know, whimsical but, clowns. But we have uh, from L'Autranger, Charlie Angus, a punk band. Mm-hmm. And what about this guy, Beto O'Rourke from Foss? Wow. Wow. You know, For your he, Damian has o. produced o. a seven-inch of Beto's album. I think if Beto gets elected eventually to president, he, Fugazi's going to get reunited. He's going to force Fugazi to get back together. That's going to be his first hundred days promise. It's going to be right there. It's going to be by
0: decree. Damien, do you have the um? Do you have the cassette of Nancy Pelosi's scab band?
3: <laughs> no, I, unfortunately, <laughs> still killed by death that's a hard one to get
0: (laughs) they gave uh, they gave some out at a record release show
2: you know what a A lot of people make fun of that record but she she brought in tower of power and i think they did a great job on the (laughs) (laughs) that's that bay area shit you know you got it's a
3: shame it's a shame uh pitchfork took down their review wait are you saying she was the singer in cold blood what would you say all that time (laughs) who would
2: you say and i'm asking you this very honestly is the best act to get their start at Gilman. Is it Green Day or Nancy Pelosi? (laughs) (laughs) It's a
3: trick question. It's rancid. I'm going to say no comment. And I mean the band, No Comment. Thank you, Yeah,
2: that's what's up.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get back to Washington, D.C., Brian.
1: And I am calling for your segment, Romantic Moments in Vision Correction. My partner of almost 10 years is quite visually impaired. He has a very strong prescription and thus has to wear glasses to see me even if I'm like eight inches away from his face. And he has long lamented the fact that if he wants to see me while we are doing something sexy, he has to put his glasses on. And that makes everything a little more complicated because you got to keep the glasses on. And he's not a sports guy. So he doesn't have one of those little straps that goes around his head. So for the last few months, he's been talking about getting sex contacts. And the other day he did it. He went to the eye doctor and he said, give me some contacts without telling the eye doctor that they were sex contacts. And he wore them while we were having sex. And he was like, wow, I can see you. You're so hot, and it was really nice. Thanks, y'all.
2: Do you think that like J- uh, James Worthy from the Los Angeles Lakers and Chris Sabo from the Cincinnati Reds wore their sports goggles when they were fucking?
0: I think there were probably some fans who demanded it, right?
2: I that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking if if I was in Cleveland and I was going up to Chris Sabo at the hotel bar when when they're on the road. They wouldn't have been on the road. There's a National League city and an American League city. What am I talking about? Pittsburgh. Let's say Chris Sabo is in Pittsburgh. It's 1988. He's well on his way to the rookie of the year. If you're a lady, you go up to him. You like, you like ball players. And who among us doesn't? He brings you up
0: to his hotel room. He's got to wear the fucking gogs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like... If you like, if you finally are able to get back to Chris Angel's hotel room, you want him to wear the 13 leather bracelets.
2: Yeah, this is true. <laughs> part of it. The honest truth is nobody gogs like Sabo unless it's the television show Justified starring Walton Goggins.
0: That's true. What a fun thing to
2: say. <laughs> I guess My- I don't know. B minus. <laughs> that's what I give it. <laughs> C plus maybe even.
3: My question is, why isn't he wearing a monocle for sex night?
2: Oh, oh yes. Oh,
3: shit hold
2: that thing no. in there. Do you yeah, think Yeah, where's the sex monocle?
0: God, I guess he doesn't uh I guess he doesn't want his partner to blast like nobody's blasted ever before. <laughs> that's
2: true. That's true. Can I ask you guys a question? Is this would this be a good f- I'm trying to develop some fetishes just cuz I want something yeah. that's a guaranteed boner for me as I get older. Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm right now a a gb yeah right now i want to i want everybody to know that uh all i need is one look at my beautiful wife and i'm hard as a rock Mm -hmm. it's not a concern right now but let's say i'm 53 you know i don't want to take a chemical boner enhancement i'm gonna need a fetish to goose things a little you know and i don't want to be like that guy who's in charge of fifa or formula one or whatever and it involves like ladies dressed in nazi outfits so i need something that's pretty accessible and pretty wholesome and i gotta pitch something to you i want you to know how you feel about it it's fucking but you have those dilating eye drops in your eyes Uh uh-huh like when you go to the optometrist and they have to look inside there what about that? Is that anything? I mean it can't be any worse than that thing where they stick an electric stick up the penis. I mean I think there's a middle ground between the two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> See, that's seem to do right it. to me, Damien. I don't know a lot <laughs> about the field, but I do I do kind of want to go back to Damien's idea. Have you thought of monocling? With yeah. The that could
2: be pretty hot. I I think I would I would be more into it if my wife wore a monocle. I feel like it's too on brand for me. It's not enough of a, you know, change of pace. But Teresa nor ordinarily wouldn't wear a monocle. I'd love to see
0: that. And then if if like you say something, you know, shocking and nasty, she can like it can fall out because she can pretend to be so surprised.
2: God, that would be so hot. Can I pitch you a? Can I pitch you a sort of spinoff idea? Sure. What about monocling? Where what gets you hard is that stuff from Monocle magazine you know that really expensive english magazine and and so just you 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 get really horned up when someone talks about how uh a a country needs better rail service (laughs) or like different airport lounges and which one's the best airport lounge or like what kind of car a a third world president drives
0: hey whatever whatever gets you that gb man who might I to judge?
2: I'd love to have a GB. Well, look, with you guys around, I don't need a GB. You're my G. You're my yeah. OG, Jordan.
0: Like, hey, like like this caller's partner mm-hmm. said to them after he got contacts. You're you're so hot. All of you are so hot. Thank <laughs> you, Jordan. Jesse, <laughs> Damien, Val, <laughs> Brian. That means so, so much. That so means so much. Yeah, no problem. No
2: problem. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica.
1: a movie. Oh, I got gotcha. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel.
3: There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated but I thought was actually pretty good.
1: Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase and then there's that scene where <laughs> the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, a over a submarine. the submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well,
3: I'm Evie Waddyway. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together we host the movie podcast Maximum Film.
1: New episode Every week on MaximumFun.org And
3: you actually just walked into our recording booth
1: Oh, weird, sorry I thought this was a video store You seem like a lady with a lot of problems La, 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 la
0: Carrie, is it? Oh yes, hi, I'm Carrie. I am psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono Ross and Carrie. Yes, Those I'm are... sensing that the oh. spirits are telling me it is a show about well, it's about poodles. like fringe science, and yes, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. And oh, you knew that. You do research online. You, but more importantly, like we do in person investigation, investigate yeah. as well. Oh my God, that's amazing. See, me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross. Same name as you Weird He and I just go and try them all out And actually we've gone to a number of psychics And to be honest with you it's a lot like this It's called Ono Ross and Carrie They can find it at MaximumFun.org I could have told you that la, 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 la,
1: la, la, la.
0: It's
2: Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart Jordan Morris, boy detective
3: Damien Abraham, fallen pitchfork Idol Damien, will never
2: downgrade this episode of jordan Jessica. <laughs> thank you on which you've graced us with your presence
3: i knowing that is my legacy is secured at least in one place on the internet is all i need because you know i could be downgraded on pitchfork and disappear alice a. ferris one day jordan
0: jessico is like the musical cats it's now and forever mm-hmm.
3: thank you jordan
0: you're
2: welcome I, I have a question damien are these records behind you which are stored Uh, record store style, uh, which I like. Good for flipping, convenient for flipping. Yes. Uh, Is it all punk rock seven inches, or are there like a few weather report albums back in there?
3: Pretty much at this point, it's... No, that's not true. I got a bunch of 45s of different genres, but uh, for the most part, it is punk. I have a... I realize, like, you know, you need to focus because you're not going to get every record ever, and even getting every punk record ever is, is... it's a tall feat, but I tried. <laughs> oh boy, did I try. And one day my kids will have to figure out what to do with them. Yeah, I don't even have all of Beto's records. Well, this record, this record's just going to keep appreciating. Like, yeah. this is like, have you? what does it sound like? <laughs> it's awesome. Really? It's it awesome. <laughs> it's also Cedric from at, Future at the Drive In vocalist and Mars Volta vocalist really? on wow. drums. Okay. And it's 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 heavily indebted to kind of like DC hardcore stuff, but here's a wild one for you. When Cedric was on the podcast, he told me that when they were younger, they somehow got into Canada. I don't know how they got into Canada back then, but they got in, snuck in, probably. Probably one of those Chapo tunnels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they got they played up here in Canada, and they went on tour with a band called Placebo. Once again, a gob situation, not to be confused with the other Placebo. I was going to um, ask. This Placebo featured Feist, so Feist went on tour with Beto O'Rourke and Cedric from At the Drive-In, probably playing to like twenty people a night in like Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, in the early nineties. Wow, wow. That's how are the crowd? How are the crowds out in Moose Jaw? If it's if a fucked up show is any indication, not well enough attended to warn a drive from uh, Texas. You know what? I've
2: seen some pretty epic shows in Moose Jaw.
3: I feel Mm -hmm. like you're you're
2: being I saw Chuck Schumer's band (laughs) there.
3: Wasn't there another U.S. president that had a garage rock band? Who was the Democratic candidate like two elections ago?
2: Oh there was somebody running for president who had a band and I John Kerry re-
3: maybe had like a punk uh, like a garage rock band back it in the day. It wasn't
2: it wasn't John Kerry. John Kerry s- slept on my dad's couch back on the day. That's his hey. that's his Whoa. Uh, claim to fame. John Kerry's. Um he later became he bought all this white face makeup and I don't know what he was doing with it. There was some red <laughs> face makeup too. Uh oh! I don't know what this John Kerry was up to in the goddamn Congress, mm. flapping around with his big fucking feet—regular feet, giant <laughs> shoes, technically. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great shows in Moose Jaw. You ever see uh, Jordan? You ever see uh, back when Alex, Alexandro Casio Cortez, known as AOC? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see when she used to do high NRG music?
0: Oh yeah. Which yeah, if you, you haven't
2: <laughs> lived till you've seen AOC, do y'all ready for this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it got <laughs> me ready for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think a, I think that's a classic presidential candidate move to like bring out your guitar and uh, with a local band, like a, a band of of local dads uh, on stage and and sing like uh, yeah, like a like a Springsteen song. I would say mostly "Born in the USA" or something.
3: I can't wait till if he wins governor of Texas, he's going to come out with a marked men and they're going to do the most raging set of covers. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> but they're still just playing sign sealed delivered or whatever. Like it's like
2: purely just regular political theme music like Motown and shit. Uh, but they're just fucking raging it out. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> He's the president. Listen to him. Open up the pit, everyone. <laughs> the president's
3: demanding we open up the pit. It's going to be so sick when Turnstile plays yeah. his inauguration as president. It's going to be <laughs> such a wild show. Yeah. It's, I mean, once
2: Fugazi is together and Ticketmaster is eliminated, right. that's when we know we've got a punk rock president. Well, Damian, President punk. Damien, it's been a joy to have you on the program um uh are you headed out on the road anytime soon
3: i am i'm going to the u.s and europe you can find out stuff on fucked up dot yeah
2: that's our, our website
3: damien and fucked up
2: truly have an extraordinary reputation as live performers i mean like it's it's one of the most uh thrilling and exciting things you can you can go out to see
0: yeah, I'll, 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 I, I can testify firsthand. I've, I've seen Fucked Up live, and it is so much fun. I mean, like, you should certainly listen to Fucked Up records. They're really, really good. And I think even if you are, maybe a marginal punk fan, you'll find uh, a lot of stuff to like in Fucked Up. It's really, uh, really unique music. Um, I say that it's not a. I know that sometimes when you say unique, it's like a weird slam. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really I interesting
2: know. and cool. I, uh, t- I, put, I hear, take it as such. There's yeah. a, I hear influences. Former Massachusetts Senator Paul Tsongas. Sure. Yes. lot You hear a lot of Tsongas
3: in it. We're influenced by former uh, San Francisco mayoral candidate Jello Biafra. There oh, you right. go. Jello Biafra. I interviewed, I interviewed him
2: on the Sound of Young America at a San Francisco show because there's not that many celebrities that live in San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, he's an expansive speaker is he how I would characterize him. Yes.
3: He, he can monologue. He can <laughs> definitely. He, he can. He can do that scenery. I had brought questions, but didn't need them. No, no. You give him that microphone. You just say go, Jello, go, and, and then you have him. Yeah.
0: Uh but I would like to finish the thought of how great fucked up his life. If they come to your town, you should really see them. It is so much fun. Uh yeah. I couldn't recommend it more. Well,
2: thank you. And if you don't get a chance to see Damien live in person, his podcast is called Turned Out a Punk. What, what is a what is a like a good starter episode for people that are listening for punk rockers that are listening?
3: Gosh, there's an episode episode one oh one which features MVP and Zach Blair. It's the second time they were on the podcast. The first time they were on the podcast, they told their life stories. MVP, WWE wrestler that became a wrestler after doing a nine and a half years in prison for robbing a casino boat when he was 16 years old. And the year was 1864. (laughs) (laughs) It's Zach Blair who plays in Guar, and now plays in rise against, but they left out that they actually wound up meeting each other when they were 14. And it's a wildest story. They reconnected through the podcast, but they do wind up saving the misfits from being murdered by the macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> he was going to yep. murder them. And then they handed him a slim Jim and he,
3: <laughs> he snapped into he, that instead. He was going to snap him like a slim, jim, slim yeah. jim. I'll tell you that much. Cause, uh, Doyle had run off with gorgeous George Von Frankenstein, who was at that point, I guess, engaged to the macho man and, anyway it's it's all the episode it's a wild story
0: and uh yeah it's not just like uh it's not just bands uh damien you've had uh our buddy john ross bowie on john daly's been on uh fred armison so a lot of your comedy faves make it make it through there
3: yeah absolutely like i think that's the thing about punk is it really is this sort of jumping off point for so many people that wind up doing cool things in different creative spaces and everyone from like people that design video games to, to people that have, have, yeah, like done comedy and um, all, all sorts of things that have been on this thing over the years. It's been, it's weird. It's weird how, you know, I think now it finally shows the breadth of what I think punk is to me, you know, cause I've had enough different people from different places on, but they all have different definitions of punk, which I think is what makes it so much fun to keep doing
2: Damien, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Turned Out a Punk is Damien's podcast, and you can go see Fucked Up live in person, but only if you want to have a good time. Our producer on Jordan, Jesse Go, Brian, Sonny, D. Fernandez. On the stream is... uh, Valerie. Um, We have a theme music by The Free Design. uh, Love you. Courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Maximumfun.reddit.com is where you can chat about this episode. You can like us on Facebook. Where we share all of our different announcements. We'll probably share Fucked Up's tour schedule, don't you think, Jordan?
0: We're definitely going to throw a Fucked Up's tour schedule on there. So, yeah, head on over to the Jordan Jesse Facebook page.
2: We're on pages. Instagram uh, at Jordan David Morris at put.this.on. Uh, and uh, if you have any corrections for the show, um, uh, if you want to clarify the difference between an anarchist and an anarcho syndicalist, Um, if you're not a democratic socialist, you're a member of the dirtbag left. Um, if you
0: disagree as to which gob is better, (laughs) (laughs) if you have gob opinions that we feel, you feel like we messed up or placebo (laughs) or placebo. Uh,
2: these are the issues of our day. No doubt about it. Um, uh, just tweet those at JD power on Twitter. They want to hear your corrections. We care so much about quality. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessico.
1: Jessica. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.
3: Maximumfun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist
0: owned.
3: Audience supported.